Discover how you can live a glorious and supernatural life through the teachings of Reverend Dr. Kwaja Bwatenbempa. Reverend Dr. Kwaja Bwatenbempa is the senior pastor and visioneer of Holy Hill Chapel, Assemblies of God. An anointed, energetic, and practical teacher, this servant of God will inspire you with practical teachings of the Word of God that will inspire, refresh, energize, and bring healing to your body, soul, and spirit. Now to today's message. Indeed, we like the way Jesus is leading us. Amen. We are here this evening to hear the wonderful things that God is doing in the lives of people in this church. Amen. So we are beginning our testimony. The Bible says in the book of Psalm 119 verse 46, that I will speak of thy testimonies also before kings and will not be ashamed. Amen. So today we want to speak the testimonies of God and we are not ashamed. Our testifier, Brother Michael, says that supernatural business breakthrough and provision. He says, I came across, sorry, I came for success and breakthrough seminar on Sunday, 30th, April, 2023, with three expectations. That is for God to help me meet my target at work, provide me with financial breakthrough so I can register for an online course and provide me with that, with money that week. I testify to God's glory that he really came through for me. That week at work, I received a lot of referrals and contacts, which helped me meet my target at work. Again, in the same week, I told my sister of my decision to enroll a course, and out of the blue, she paid for the fees. Finally, money I was expecting hit my account the following Friday. Hallelujah! All my three expectations at SBS were met during the week. I thank God so much for such prompt response to my prayers. Oh, give it up to Jesus for this testimony. He's going to do the same for you. Our brother, Obed, also says, miracle admission and scholarship through kingdom service. Amen. He says, during success and breakthrough seminar in October 2021, I was given the opportunity to give the announcements. While doing it, I said that SBS had changed my mentality that education was stressful. I went on to say in faith that due to the change in mentality, I had started taking steps to further my education. During soul winning on daddy's birthday in November 2021, I got the opportunity to hold a placard with a salvation message at Ekana and on the streets for over two hours. While standing there, all I told God was that he should show up because I could not do the Lord's work and have nothing to show for it. When I was about to leave, a friend also went on the outreach, told me that he had gained admission to further his education in the U.S. I thought, he, I thought he wrote an international exam to get him the opportunity. But when I asked him about it, he said he did not. The Holy Spirit then drew my attention that this was an opportunity I could benefit from. So I made more inquiries about it, and I went on to apply to a very competitive art school in the U.S., my whole prayer after praying, my whole prayer after applying the school was that if it was God's will that I should go to the U.S., he should let his will be done. On Monday, 21st of March, 2022, I gathered a team with which I went on outreach to invite people for the 2022 breakfast meeting, Legon Campus Invasion. Afterwards, I came to the altar to pray for them, that God would bring them for the program. When I got home that day, the Holy Spirit prompted me to check my email and people of God. I had received admission for the three-year program 
to read fine arts. What was surprising was that I was told that admissions were usually given in early April, but mine came in March. I proceeded to check my portal on how much I was supposed to be paying, and I saw that I had to pay over $30,000 every year. And I laughed. I honestly did not think about all that money, and I closed the portal. The following Thursday, I again went out for outreach on Legon campus, and when I returned to the church later on, the Holy Spirit prompted me to check my mail. I had earlier on signed up for a Zoom conference on which to gain financial aid to further one's studies from the school. So when, when I opened the mail, I was expecting to see the link, but I saw another email in addition to the Zoom conference. People of God, it read that I had been given a full scholarship. When I checked my portal to see how true it was, I saw that I owed nothing. The balance was practically 0.00. This is what God can do. Thank you, Jesus. I am grateful for God for this house. Never sleep, for the God of this house never sleeps, but watches to pray for us in this house. Glory to God. God bless you, Daddy, for all the teachings on kingdom service. I am super grateful. Oh, let's give it up to Jesus for these beautiful testimonies. And we take our live testimony from LP Akofa, who wants to testify, saying that she was motivated to go back to school after SBS. Let's welcome her with a round of applause. Supernatural Girls, tell us your name. My name is LP Akofa. Help me appreciate Jesus, the owner and builder of this church. Daddy, Mommy, thank you so much. So I completed school in 2016, and then I did my national service for one year, in 2017. So after that, I'd always wanted to go back to school and do my master's. So I was applying to schools, and anytime I apply, I get the school, but I don't get a scholarship. So I did this for four years, and I still didn't get a scholarship, so I gave up. I didn't want to go back to school anymore because it was becoming tedious. Then in 2021, that was our first SBS. So I came and I was sitting right here. And the speaker for that day really motivated me a lot. So after the very first SBS, I decided to go back to school. So that night, I remember clearly I didn't sleep. I went to search for courses I could do in any school here in Ghana. And by the grace of God, I got a course at the University of Ghana, Lego. So I applied and I got it. And immediately I got it, I got someone also to pay my fees for the whole year. And by the grace of God, as I'm standing here, I have a master's degree and I'm done to the glory of God. Amen. Glory to Jesus. She was motivated to go back to school because of SBS. And I know somebody's going to receive their motivation today. Let's welcome our brother, Donald who is also saying supernatural academic excellence after prophetic prayers. Supernatural growth. Papa, thank you very much for this opportunity to share my testimony to the glory of God. So my name is Donald Gaviston. I am a student in the University of Ghana College of Health Sciences. So ever since level 100, after first, every first semester, after they release our results, there's always a course that I fail, that I will have to reset that course, as in supplementary exams. 
and that has been the norm for the past two years. And also in the College of Health Science, there's this notion that resetting a course is very normal, like it's no big deal. So when it happens, just go for it, just write it and you'll be fine. So with my past experiences, I've psyched my mind that way. So fast forward, um, for the first mantle service that was held this year, my brother Albert invited me and he has been sharing testimonies of the mantle service and how he has been using his mantle for great service with me earlier. So I came with great expectation for the mantle service. So after the mantles were distributed and Papa was still ministering, he ministered to the students and he mentioned, and I quote, he said, this year or this semester, we are going to have the best grades that we've ever had. So I took that personal and I received it. And immediately the Holy Spirit ministered to me as though someone was speaking to me like personally. It came through my thoughts, but I knew it was the Holy Spirit. It said, you are not getting any less than five A's this semester. So, so I wrote it down and I sowed a seed. So fast forward, um, during the end of semester exams, I always send my mantle to the exam hall. Even as I'm writing, I place my mantle on my script. Sometimes I place it on my head. And before I submit the paper, I make sure that I cover the script with the mantle or I just lay it on it before I submit. And to the glory of God, they have, I took nine courses and I wrote exams for nine courses. And they have released about seven of them. And out of that seven, there are four A's. And I know that the rest to that are yet to be released. The rest of my A's are there. Amen. Amen. Shall we be on our feet and appreciate God for this beautiful testimony? Because we know as we are here, we are also going to receive our testimonies. Amen. Amen. Supernatural great people of God. Help me appreciate Jesus who is the owner and builder of this church. Help me appreciate our father and mother for this great opportunity. And so the Lord gave us this song some few months back and I want to share it with all of us. Oh! 
person for tonight, Professor Abiodun Humphrey Adebayo, who is the current Vice-Chancellor of Covenant University, Nigeria. <laughs> Professor Abiodun Humphrey Adebayo is an elected member of the Governing Board of the Association of African Universities, AAU. He was also elected into the Governing Council of the Association of Commonwealth Universities, where he serves as a council member and trustee. Professor Adebayo obtained a BSc Honours degree in Biochemistry from the University of Calabar in 2000. He later proceeded to the University of Jos in 2003 and was awarded an MSc degree in Biochemistry in 2005. 
he was awarded a PhD degree in biochemistry by Covenant University, Ota in 2009. He further undertook a postdoctoral study in the Chinese Academy of Sciences in 2012 and 2013. Professor Adebayo, who is a recipient of the prestigious Chinese Academy of Sciences, CSC, and the Academy of Sciences for the Developing World TWAS Fellowship Awards, has published in reputable local and international journals. He won a research equipment grant from the Ministry of Science and Technology, China. His research group has won several research grants. Professor Adebayo reviews for some high-impact journals. He is also listed on the editorial board of some international journals. Professor Adebayo is a recipient of several local and international awards and had served as keynote speaker, invited speaker, guest speaker, and roundtable discussant at some local and international conferences, workshops, seminars, and so on. Professor Adebayo, who was the chair of the Covenant University Farm Board and Drug Procurement Committee and a professor in the Department of Biochemistry, was a former dean of the School of Postgraduate Studies, Covenant University, Ota, Nigeria. Professor Adebayo is an ordained pastor at the Living Faith Church Worldwide. He has served as a zonal, district, provincial, and regional pastor in the church and had taught at the BCC, LCC, and LDC at the World of Faith Bible Institute, WOFBI. He currently serves as a pastor at the Faith Tabernacle, Canaan Land. He is happily married to Dr. Mrs. Lufanke Adebayo and their marriage is blessed with three children. Ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome to the podium Professor Abiodun Humphrey Adebayo. Shall we lift up our hands again and begin to appreciate the Lord as we take this song? All the glory must be to the Lord, for He is worthy of our praise, of our praise. No man on earth should give glory to himself all the glory must be to the lord let's take it one more time Amen. 
I'd like to let us know here that God is in this place and God has vowed to raise intellectual giants even right here in this seminar. You are the one, your amen can be louder. I was telling my students because my desire is to see a number of them outshine the kind of feet God has helped us to reach. And I told them, I said, there will be many persons that will be graduating with 5.0. Now, last semester result that was released, we have 216 of them with 5.0 in the whole university. Now, I speak because the unction of God is here of my father Bishop David Ludwig is here and I speak that someone will replicate this feat in the name of Jesus Christ and I told them I said if you watch this semester result it will be tripled and as the Lord leave we will have many more also here in the name of Jesus Christ please let's give the Lord a big hand of praise and please be seated hallelujah Praise the Lord. I'd like to first appreciate God for the privilege God has given to me to be part of this Success and Breakthrough Seminar, June 2023 edition. And I'm excited to be here and I'm excited to be part of this <laughs> seminar, even this season. And I'd like to also appreciate my host my senior brother and our daddy here reverend dr bempa and our mommy pastor mrs patience bempa thank you so much for doing a great thing in this church god is really using you and he will continue to use you mightily in the name of jesus christ well i'm here today to perform two assignments to show us to give us a short talk and to now tell you some of my life story and what I've titled personal reflections and we're going to be looking at that journey and I trust God to help us even as we proceed here today because I'm just looking at the time and having the number of years God has enabled me to just speak for that but the grace of God is sufficient in the name of Jesus Christ. He says, our house is not borrowed. Come on, tell your neighbor, say, it's not borrowed. This is our house. Like somebody mentioned here. Hallelujah. It's our house indeed. To God alone be all the glory. Now, I'm going to be speaking on the roles of academia towards national and continental development. The roles of academia towards national and international and continental development and i will be guided by this outline hallelujah praise the lord yes that's our campus there that's covenant university campus to the glory of god see what god is doing hallelujah and i'll be guided with this outline we'll first of all take a journey to look at what is a university 
and the ideas behind a university what is a university supposed to be then we also look at the emergence of the african universities how did they start where did they start because until we know our history before we'll be able to take what rightfully belongs to us next we look at access to higher education institutions in africa versus the available space now we look at the african brain syndrome african brain drain syndrome african brain drain syndrome and university's contribution to national and continental development the impact of african university the impact of some christian universities in africa and i'll draw my conclusions then we now take a second journey here and we conclude with appreciation now what is a university what is a university a university is a higher education institution that awards academic degrees in a wide range of disciplines we are all some, most of us here are university students or high institution students and that's what a university is to award degrees at the end of our academic programs and that's why you undertake a study you study some study pharmacy they study law they study medicine they study business administration and at the end maybe for four five years or even six years as the case may be and at the end you earn a degree now it is also a place where students from all over the world learn and develop their career through interaction with the faculty or scholars and researchers i have never seen a university where because it's located in that community it is only people in that community that are in that university so it is it gathers people from all around all around the world and that's what makes it a universe that's what they call it a universe 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 is the word universe is actually obtained from the word universe universality it means all over the world all over the world all over the world so that's what the mission of a university is now and we had the pandemic came you know to disrupt some of those processes and our university became you know was taken to the virtual world and now we now have what they call online universities yeah we have some universities that are online right now but the ideal university is meant to gather students from all over the world to study in a place a university primarily really performs three major functions number one it conduct research it teaches students because the product of that research must be taught to students and it conducts community services these are the three primary reasons why a university exists it performs these three roles one to teach two to conduct research and three to perform community because the community must benefit when we're talking about community here we are not talking about the local community alone talking about the local community the states within that you know uh, community or provinces and the entire world that's what a university 
had to be. And that's why you'll find, you know, some professors becoming consultants to help do some certain things in some certain areas. And a number of them do quite a lot of other community engagement. And that's why it is called a university. Now it was, the, the, let's look at the idea, ideas behind the university. But let's take some two quotes from Nelson Mandela first. Who said, education is the most powerful weapon which you can use to change the world. Truly, education is powerful. It's powerful. Can you imagine? You see, there is, the world we are in now is such that if you are not properly educated, you cannot stand your peers in the world. It doesn't matter the vocation. Yes, you can be rich, you can be successful. But if you don't have the right education to match, your success is just limited. And that's why Nelson Mandela had to say this, that education is the most powerful tools that we can use to change our world. Now, it was Albert Einstein that said, the pursuit of knowledge is more valuable than its possession. Now, this speaks volume. You don't acquire knowledge to sit down. You don't acquire knowledge just for the acquisition's sake. You are meant to project the knowledge. You are meant to be an agent of influencing change in the knowledge that you have acquired. So knowledge not utilized is equal cannot benefit anybody. It cannot even benefit you. You don't benefit from knowledge you are not also putting to work. So it is putting to work the knowledge you have acquired that truly make you an educated person. Now, universities are meant to be places or spaces where learners that is students and researchers develop deeper understanding of the world and how it works and how do they do this they do this through critical thinking you think our pastor was sharing with us today how it is not just about prayer that prayer and thinking they are equated the same way so what university does, what we as believers, the edge we have is the spirituality component we have brought into our education. That's what places us above, or above the unbelievers. He was sharing with us, pray and think from that scriptural verse. And that was light that sparked into my mind today. So, it's what your teacher does is to spoil you to think. They give you assignment. It's unfortunate that some of us as students, you know, go to copy people. <laughs> the assignment they give to you is not for copy. <laughs> it's for you to go and think. I once, uh, I was given assignment in my 100 level in those days. I went to the library. It's not these days where you have uh, everything you know, online, and then you start begin, you begin to get it even from the spot. But this one, I went to the library. I search and search and search to get those information because they were very rare. It was even organic chemistry. Then, 
and lo and behold when the our test scripts were returned back to us sir because other people copied from me they copied from me they performed better than me <laughs> if I, I got 23 over 30 some got 25 some got 28 well no problem but because i went to source for the knowledge the, the the same question came out in the exam in fact i was the only one that had an a out of over 300 students in that class uh, did you get that so it's not for copy you can copy and become a copycat so you are meant to acquire this internalize what you have learned and put it to work so it brings about critical thinking you are meant to equally solve problems. That's what the university does. That's why they give you... You know, there are some courses you take in university. You say, ah, what kind of course is this? You, you cannot even add any meaning to whatever you are saying. It's so abstract. It's helping you to shape your mind, to give you some analytical and problem-solving skills. That's what it does. In fact, there was a course called Biochemical Reaction. Hi. For those who study biochemistry here, you know you do quite a lot of pathways. You have to memorize all of those pathways. Some you don't even know. But all of those things, they are helping to activate your memory cells. They are helping to give you, you know, to challenge you, to challenge your mind. And some, in the process, you can even solve some and generate some problem and become a solution provider to such issues. It also help for collaboration, creativity, and innovation, and leadership and citizenship, and in the pursuit of knowledge. That's what university does. Now, let's look at the emergence of African universities. It's a very long history, but try to summarize it here. That the origin of higher education in Africa, including universities, as communities, scholars, and learning can be traced to three institutional traditions. One of such, the first, is the Alexandria Museum and Library. Africa, they say, is the cradle of knowledge. The real education actually started from Africa. But the challenge is, why is Africa now behind the Euro, behind the Americas, behind everywhere? why now i visited egypt this alexandria library on you know the grant that i was giving to meet with some nobel laureates some years ago i think sometimes in 2010 i got to that library wow massive indeed massive they have quite a lot of information in that library that predates you know before Jesus Christ was even born. In that library, they call it Bibliothecal Alexandria. That's one of the largest libraries in the world. Now, so, you know, it predates that's about 300 BC when this museum and the Alexandria Museum and Library was established. But the second, which is the early Christian monasteries, and the third is the Islamic mosque universities. But the Alexandria Museum and the library was established in the third century 
BC in the Egypt. But it grew to become the largest center of learning in the ancient world. And the complex is estimated to have housed more than 200,000 volumes and supported up to 5,000 scholars. That's what that life here in Africa is not in the Europe, it's in our Africa here. It's in Africa, in Egypt. So we have that properly documented. And next is we then have the missionaries, uh, both the Europeans and African, including those from the diaspora, initially undertook the introduction of African Western style of education, the colonial kind of education. And that's where the colonial mentality actually came in. And colonization, those times they were exporting us without our consent. But now we are giving ourselves to them. Now we are ready. Let's go. The moment they give us visa, 10 years visa, 5 years visa to US, you are, we are even share testimonies. That's intentional colonization. That's the modern day colonization. But the, the truth is, I have it as part of my slides. If you are passionate about change, yes, you can go. Pastor was telling us this morning, he said, yes, go there. Learn the education and come back. But how many persons will go there and want to come back? You see, we can only change our approach. No one will help you to build Africa. No one will help you to build your country other than ourselves. No one. The European man will not come and build your country for you. America will not come to build your country. In fact, they will even come and even scatter it more. Because everyone has his own challenge over there. So why will I leave my challenge if it is not beneficial to them? They won't come. Praise the Lord. So that's what really happened and the first of this was the foray bay college which was founded in syria alone in 1826 and more the three decades later in 1862 came up the liberian college and two other institutions became the beacons of west african you know colonial colonial intelligentsia and nationalism so we have that on that slide as displayed then we now have post-independence of African universities, where expansion of universities in African countries from 1960 to 2000 came on board. And of course, in the 21st century, African universities began to spring forth. Like we have rapidly increasing private universities and privatization of equal programs today. And we now have the post-COVID universities that are also coming to and that's the virtual universities. I know of one or two. I've even hosted one recently in the university because of our online program, you know, that we also want to float to also help people who may be working and also want to be schooling. Now, what about access? With all of this, access to higher education institution in Africa, is education really accessible? And if it is accessible, how much space do we have to accommodate the intending, you know, candidates? 
Now, it may interest us to know, according to UNESCO, Institute of Statistics, UNI, UIS, in 2018 data, the gross tertiary education enrollment ratio in sub-Saharan Africa was 9.4%, which was way below the global average of 38%. And the rate varies greatly within the region. For example, enrollment in Ghana was put, at that time, was 15.69% and 12.1% in Nigeria. Now, it may interest us to know, you may be asking, how many universities do we even have in Africa? Africa has over a thousand universities. I was conducting this study, you know, two, three days ago, and I found out that, that Africa has a total of 1,279 active universities, recognized higher education institutions in Africa. And this was ranked by unique Unirank database, and 45.8% of them are in public that is officially affiliated to run or run national, state, or local government. And why is one of them that is making 47% of them are private? And the type of control of the remaining African universities included in that database is known or has not been reported, and about 7.2% of them has not been reported. So that's what we have. Now, the next slide shows our access to higher education in Africa versus available space. Now, I put this data here because I like working with data. Let's see. What are we talking about? For instance, candidates who are applying and seeking admission to Nigeria University. I'm going to also show us Ghana and also show South Africa in the next data. So we can see the challenge we have. Now, in Nigeria here, as at 2017, we can see how many persons. There is an exam they write. They call it the national exam, Joint Admissions and Matriculation Board exam, that all students intending to study in Nigerian universities and recently in colleges of education and um, polytechnics must write and pass this exam before they are admitted. And we had 1.6 million in 2017, but out of that, only 28.5% of them were able to get admission into the universities. Now, what happened to about over 70% of them? Same year again, 29.1%. 30% in, in 2019 and 2020, 30.5%. 2021, 29.6%. But in 2022, it's not shown here, but I have the data here. We have, it has increased to 35.321%. And only I left this same meeting for 2023 admission. I was in Abuja. I came from Abuja through Lagos to attend this conference because I had that meeting. I left that meeting to be here to consider the admission exercise. And it's the, the registrar and the CEO of JAM was sharing with us. He said, why are we having this? Every year, you keep having, you are not getting the number. Now, they wanted to admit 700,000 students in 2022, but they ended up admitting only, um, only 557,625 out of 1.6 1. 1. million, over 1.6 million. So each year you keep having that. And he had to let us know because a number of people, one of the reasons he gave to us is that some of us we want to study medicine. Um, in fact, we must have medical doctors in my family. Pharmacists must emerge. 
if we don't have lawyer in this family and the young man and your we want to take that exam over and over again meanwhile if you look at agriculture the graph was going down enrollment nobody and the space was so large to accommodate nobody's going to study agriculture nobody's going to study education any longer so you that's why they will keep writing this exam so that these are part of the challenge that we have. i'm going to show you that of ghana too for you to also understand what i'm talking about now candidates who applied and those admitted into Ghanaian universities through the Ghanaian universities admission secretariat the ghas is also shown ghana is even better than nigeria in terms of admission rate now in 2017 44 percent 2018 45 percent out of the 196,000 um that applied into universities in ghana and in um 2019 45.1% and 2020 45.5% and 2021.46.2% admission rate so what is happening to i'm sure i want to believe it's the same scenario but south africa is even the worst now we i'm aware that we have active if there are no new ones now 69 universities in ghana whereas nigeria let me also give us the number of universities nigeria has Nigeria has 259 universities till date, and they are broken down as follows. Federal, 51. Federal universities, 51. Now, state university, 61. And private university, 147. That's the kind of where we have to. You know, recently, I think about two, three weeks ago, 37 new private universities were licensed and we used to have about 110 universities or 111 universities before now 147 private universities in nigeria more than half of the entire universities in nigeria but with all of this we are still having issue of space now let's look at what happened in south africa now candidate who applied and those admitted to South African universities, and this was sourced from the Department of Higher Education and Training, the DHET, showed that in 2017, out of 928,327 uh, candidates, only 215,568 were admitted, representing 23.2%. 2018, 23%. 2019, 23.4%. 2020, 23.8%. 20 21, 24%. And in South Africa, they have over 35 private universities. And this private universities is that. Um, and where that they just have very few public universities. I think about five or even six public universities or thereabouts. As at the last count. Now that's the challenge with access. We have left agriculture that was supplying us food that's why the prices of food are very expensive these days people don't want to go to go and study agriculture people will say my my child can never become a teacher even parents are not also having matter to go and study education for what about if people don't study the education how would you have been taught at the primary school secondary school level well god is going to help us in the name of jesus christ now let's quickly look at the african brain drain syndrome 
I have to put this here so that we also understand the context we are talking about. Because Africa has become the major supplier of brains to the West. Major supplier of brains to the, to the Euro Europeans now, to the Europe and to other countries, the Middle East. Now, a new survey of more I had to do some research on this. Now, a new survey of more than 4,500 people in Africa between the age of 18 and 24, and 24 has found that 52% of them are likely to consider emigrating in the next few years, citing economic hardship and education opportunities as the top reasons. Now, it was conducted by BBC. Now, they spoke, as BBC spoke to five young people in Nigeria and South Africa who said that they do not feel safe in their countries and lack access to work opportunities. But for those in Ghana, the picture looks very different. I think we're going to clap for Ghana later. I'm going to show you those data. The African blood is thicker in Ghana than in Nigeria and South Africa. <laughs> So, now let's look at this. There was this young man called Iki, Iki Kowit. Now, who said the statistics from the African Youth Survey, who, he was the one that carried out this study, carried out in 15 Af countries by the South African Iki Kowit Family Foundation. Back up Mr. Onis Pessimism. That's the Nigerian there. Now, young Nigerians have the most negative opportunity in the whole continent about the direction your country is heading to with 95 percent of nigerians saying the things that they are going that are going badly that is the country is heading towards bad direction i'm going to show you that data real time now of all those surveyed just 28 percent of them felt positively about the trajectory of the nation nigeria yeah a lot of issues happened in nigeria recently with the last administration insecurity in some part of nigeria i think perhaps that could have also affected this data however it is the truth but the world needs to wake up and invest in africa so that young africans do not feel they have they have to move abroad to achieve their dreams at the expense of their home countries said this you know this researcher that carried out this study now according to him and i quote it it is bigger than a brain drain he told the bbc newsday program that this group of people aged between 18 to 24 years old in africa are saying we are going to improve our lives even if it means having to up and leave and go somewhere else. That by all means we must jackpot. In Nigeria they call it jackpot. It's jackpot because jackpot is a Yoruba language. It means that we must what? Leave by all means. <laughs> and but you see, I went to make a presentation sometimes in Morocco. I was actually invited by one of these top ranking bodies. And we, and I told them, I said, you see, we must begin to reverse the trend of brain drain to brain gain. So if they jackpot, let me also use the 
Dr. Okonjo Iwala's word, they must equally kappa. As they jackpa, let's find a way to kappa them. I think that's what a pastor was saying this morning. Hallelujah. As they jackpa, let's find a way to kappa them. Meaning that they go and they also find a way to bring them. And the Chinese, they are doing very well. I was in China. I did my PhD work. I was there for over a year on scholarship for PhD work. And I also went there for postdoctoral study. And that gave me understanding of the Chinese. Because I met with top authorities over there some years ago. I was in 2008, 2009, and 2012, as was read in my, in my you know, introductory um, call this day. That what the Chinese did that turned the fortune of the Chinese was that many years ago, the same situation that some African countries were facing is the same thing many years ago but what the chinese did was to now go to where these chinese are in america in uk in everywhere in the europe and designed they took a, a tough study i mean they, they, they tore around the top of those universities and they understood the place and what they did was to design a program to bring them back home and one of such programs is this. If you are a very top researcher in America, the Chinese government designed this talent pullback that attracted a number of them back. Where they give the same thing you are doing there, they give you money. They set up the lab for you. If you are not a professor, they make you a professor. By all means. And they are well-funded. And it brought back a number of them and created a very conducive learning environment by the government because they were very intentional in their approach. So government has major role to play even in bringing back, in reversing this brain drain syndrome. Now, he said again, it is in the interest of the whole world to keep young Africans and the estimates of young Africans across the world has been put as 42% of the world's young people by die to hit 42-52% in 2030. Pull all the youths together in the world. African youths will hit 52%. That's what this study is saying. Now, Ghanaians in that study feels the second most positive on the continent about the future of their country after Rwanda, with 56% saying they are pleased. Clap for Ghana. Now, I can make it in one of the quotes from a 24-year Julius Kwame Anthony, the former head of the National Union of Ghanaian Students. He said, and I quote, I can make it in Ghana because even though there are not they are not strong institutions, and our system seems to be weak. The lack of this could also mean that a smart social climber can break those barriers. That's positivism. Let's clap for this wonderful thought. Now, the challenges in Africa have provided excellent platforms for breaking the barriers as new opportunities can be readily created. 
when we have challenges is for us to break those challenges and break the barriers with great opportunities that can we can get from those issues that seemingly look like major issues and barriers now let's look at the graphs here next slide is that you can see the very first one to my left is this is one of the questions they asked them in that survey of 4,500 young people between the age of 18 and 24 that was conducted they said is my country heading in the right direction look at what Rwanda says 60 percent of Rwanda said they are heading in the wrong in the right direction why 56 percent of Ghana say they are heading in the right wrong right direction um but Uganda said that we had 38% of them heading the right, right direction. Mozambique said 34%. Now look at what Nigeria is saying. 95% of Nigeria say it is heading in the wrong direction. Only 5%. Everybody wants to go. So we capture them. Now, you see, the main reasons, the question now is that what are the main reasons why African youth want to migrate? Now, from that study also, we show that 44 percent are going because of economic study. I mean, economic issues. And you know, we need more dollars. We need more pounds. Let me let's go and make that money, and let's see if we can come back and improve our country. Yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah. But you see, statistics. I didn't have no. I don't have that. Stat the current statistics here to also share to us show that the remittance. That's what I'm saying. There is also you know the good side of this the remittance from the uh, the africans in diaspora is also very very high because a number of them are getting this money and they're also using it in their own country here now education has 41 percent 41 percent of the african youths want to go out abroad because of education why 25 percent to gain new experience he said they want to go and new experience and why 18 percent he said because of the corruption in the land that's why we are going now 12 percent are going for political reasons and why nine percent said it's because of the no security you know the security challenge that we have is the reason why we want to go and why nine percent again said because of family reunion another nine percent said personal freedom i want to be free from this african bondage that's what they said here and some are going 70 percent of them are going because of religious reason but let's see top priorities for african uh, for africa to progress now what should african begin to do to progress how what should we begin to do what should we begin to do 28 percent of them said they want they will that we need to create job that when we create jobs for people instead of our people emigrating we will see them staying and be doing this job here and why 22 percent of saying we need to reduce the corruption that our leaders are very corrupt and why some said they are going for quality education that they can't find quality education here in africa that's why they are going and 14 uh, percent of them said peace and stability and we have four percent of them who said for universal access to internet now having said this it's not that african you know institutions are not 
also making some level of contributions. We are. But it's just that the contributions we are making is not matching to our peers in the Europe, to our peers in the West. But however, let's look at the university's contributions to national and continental development. In economy, we find that there are a lot of contributions in this direction. It helps in providing skilled manpower, innovative technologies, products and services, and entrepreneurship and job creation. And in the society also, it has helped strengthen the sustainable development goals of the United Nations. There are 17 of them. And for community engagement and social impact, and equally for good governance and culture. Education has equally impacted on our culture. It has refined some of our culture. Now, you see, there are some of our causes that would have gone into extinction, but they are now, under, they are now studying them in the university. So it has refined our culture to a reasonable extent, even though some of us, our children, cannot even speak our languages. And even some of us here, we may not be able to speak our dialect also. And so then global, global citizen has equally been improved. Now let's look at some of the selected impact that some of these universities has made. The impact of some selected African universities. Now we look at University of Cape Town. University of Cape Town was established in 1873 and has... A total publication of 39,550, according to Cyber, from 2013 to 2022, from the study I did while I was putting this together. And whereas, and University of uh, Cape Town is a top-ranked university in Africa. And Covenant, established about 20 years ago, has 7,483, and whereas... Kwame Nkrumah University of Science and Tech, established in 1951, equally has 7,565 publications within those periods. Then Aswan University in Ghana, and also has 5,000, established in 2012, also has 5,424 publications. When I say publication, these are good publications. Uh, there are some publications that we cannot put here. That is not... <laughs> You know, well, so those who publish, they understand what I'm talking about. I'm talking of high impact publications in Scopus, in, you know, Scopus and indexed in proper journals of after because of the kind of contributions they are making and they are still making. Then we have the Ibn Tofel University established in 1989, has 5,749. And the notable accomplishment is that UCT has produced. Nobel laureate. This is great achievement to produce one Nobel laureate. It's a feat. Nigeria has only produced one, and that's Wale Shenika since 1980 something. Now, in Covenant, the Leadership Academy that we introduced has equally helped make uh, helped us as a university, the entrepreneurship, education giant. And I say this because what we did, we have some indigenous programs that we run at Covenant that was crafted by Covenant and through the Chancellor, Dr. David Oedipo, who came up with this spirit and Holy Ghost inspired ideas and crafted this 
And can I tell you, sir, this causes, you'll be seeing later on some of the products that I'm going to show you. The students just diving them into it and it's making change. And at the National Universities Commission, which is the government of, the, the, the official government that regulates university education, had to borrow this curriculum from Covenant and replicated it in all other universities in Nigeria. So we are, so they cannot, no university in Nigeria can claim leadership, the entrepreneurship without making reference to Covenant University. And that's why our product, when they come out, they are, they are ready for work. They are ready for work. Now, I had, I'd hosted last week two international companies came to me and said, one is Huawei. How many of us know Huawei? Huawei. They are into energy, telephone, smartphone, and all of that. They came. They said, sir, we have observed that your products are doing very well. And they came to hire our students on campus. They came to conduct interview for them. They came with, they said, they, currently they have many of them, close to 100 of them in their employee. And one is even a project director, has risen to a directorship level. And in their words, they said, we have found that your graduates are doing well. And you see, we want to be intentional in this approach. We want to do a demo you with you. So they came. And another one called Sahara Groups. How many of us know Sahara? They are into oil and gas and all of that. They came. That's it this week. And usually, as vice chancellor, I receive them like that just to share this with you. Said, sir, of the 35 that were newly recruited, that over 15% of them are from Covenant University. And that we have found, we are not going anywhere. This is where we want to be recruiting students from. That's what the platform has created for us. And we have embassies. Companies coming to establish something, they write to me and say, sir, we need your graduates. Just help us. Some of them are still there. Give us, make some recommendations. That's what we do. The U.S. Embassy, the you know, other European embassy, Swedish embassy, they do that. They write that to me, you know, all the time. So these are some of the impacts that we can say. We can also look at the top SDGs, where the African universities are well-ranked, as indicated here. Time may fail for me to you know, mention all of this. But we can look at some of the scientific contributions of African universities. For instance, in University of Cape Town, they have been able to develop the Xenopost Lavesis test for pregnancy. And they have even discovered the link between HIV, HIV and AIDS. And they equally developed new treatment for malaria and tuberculosis. And what of Kwame Nkrumah University also. They developed a smart farming system that irrigates and detect fire and they have also been able to convert plastic bottles into fuel to power machines <laughs> now in covenant we have also been able to develop innovative construction material from pet 
pet city project innovative it's from plastic bottles and we have used it to construct bricks you know bricks durable and we got and so several international we got national awards international awards and even all manner of awards recently because of this pet bottle those plastic bottles we have used it to construct bricks 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 interlocking ties durable better off than what we find in anywhere this, so these are some of the contributions that you know we may not be hearing and no one will speak for you other than you speak yourself the white man will not come and tell you that these are the things that are happening in africa it's the negative side that they will be showing so now let's quickly look at impact of some christian universities in africa of course some christian universities in africa have made african have made africans from marginalized communities and having fewer opportunities to access to quality education at affordable or no cost that's what some of them do christian universities in africa have immensely contributed to raising responsible leaders with the fear of god pastor was telling us this morning that you must be very careful where we send our children to a lot of loss now the lgbt is going on there where school children they tell them all manner of things introducing all manner of some are they started showing them pornographic you know movies some of them they are telling them on how to change their sex so the all manner of these are going on but at the christian universities in africa africa is still has retained its level of morality our our brain has not been turned upside down in that direction so let's put our hands together for us now like the bishop will always say bishop Eurico, he said that if man and man keep getting married or female and female keep getting married will you be born so it's a calculated agenda back from the pit of hell to bring some level of extension to us here within the world and particularly and the target is usually africa now like i mentioned contributions of covenant university to national development in research in nigeria today we are number one according to the world university ranking from the and we are the leading provider of quality education in nigeria number one in nigeria in the field of business economics computer science engineering physical sciences social sciences in 20 according to 2023 i'm giving latest information here and we are highly sought after graduate by employers and entrepreneurial graduates a number of them have their startup companies and they are equally doing well in that regard now what therefore is our vision our vision is to be a leading world-class university committed to raising a new generation of leaders in all fields of human endeavor if you look at the challenge of africa today is the challenge of leadership if we get the leadership problem right we have solved 50 percent of african issue is the leadership and that's why at covenant we are intentional we teach our students to be highly responsible to inculcate the leadership mentality in them so we take them through some leadership courses 
that we have the chancellor designed by himself and he takes them so we take them through and at the end they equally get a diploma in leadership Now look at some of the quotes from the Chancellor from Insane Deception. He said, Covenant shall become a new generation Harvard. And he said, I see picture. I see a picture of an institution that will be the pride of everyone sharing major academic projects with renowned universities like Harvard and Yale. That was before we started. He had already prophesied this ahead. And equally says, I see Covenant rewriting the history of university education in Nigeria and the battered image of Africa. And now let's look at the products, some of our products. You know, the value of a thing is in the product that it has generated. Now, if I ask us here, how many of us we want to um, we want a techno phone? Techno phone is good. Is it not good? Infinix is also good. Nokia is good. So that you don't knock your destiny. Now, but if I say iPhone, but they are all phones and they are all smartphones, but the difference is always very clear. So, it's I'm saying this so you can understand what I'm talking about. So, for the past 17 years, graduate who have released 17 graduates and the number of them from they are located found around across. Over 70 countries have produced over 21,000 graduates. And a number of them are in the ministry. Some are in careers and finances and consulting and fintech, governance and media. Why some of them are equally in education and making some social impact and many more. Some are even in creative and fashion and music industries. Now, let's look at some of our graduates here. Impact of Covenant alumni in Careers. We call our graduate egos. That's what we call them, egos. Now, if you look at this young man, Femi Taiwo, he's currently the executive director of Leap Africa. He's a computer science graduate in 2009. And he's also a board member at the UN Global Compact Network in Nigeria. And we have quite a number of them like that. He has this. He has he trained you know people on employers and also some organizations. Now we equally have the next person there is Lolade Ajay, who is an associate director with KPMG and was an accounting graduate in 2007. And Kemi Onobanjo Joseph is currently the, the president of the alumni association she is an associate partner with mackenzie and company in nigeria and was a computer science graduate in 2007 and um, dr binga alalade is a faculty in covenant university how many of you know the arc project he's the one behind it he's the current director of the arc legacy project the 100,000 seat project so he's the one he's a covenant graduate a pioneer graduate from Covenant University, and he's also here at the faculty with us. That's Dr. Benga Alalade. So that's the kind of products we have generated over the years. Now we have others like Todi Lokpe Akinpeloye, you know, who is the founder of NAC Apparel, and we have Karen Ali and Laju, 
and the filmmakers and all of that. Then we have me, Michael Akinrokundadi, who is an award-winning director, producer, and editor, and screenwriter, a mechanical engineering graduate in 2015. Now, if you look at egos in business, now a number of them are doing very well. Dr. Stephen Oluwatobu is also 2017 economist graduate and the CEO of the Pertinence Group. He was formerly a lecturer at Covenant University until he started his own business, his own organization. And uh, we also have this other one here, Morenike Molehi, an industrial mathematics 2009 graduate and is the founder of Oak Antique. So we have quite a number of them like that. Um, Ife Dayo Duro Simi Eti was my student in 2009 and currently an autumn entrepreneur and young global leader with over 10 years experience in management and leadership and has passion for national development through youth. And we have this Timi Ajayi, Estate Management 2016, a serial entrepreneur passionate about providing solutions in agriculture, human resource and estate scholar. Then we also have it goes in the media. We have these two guys. Um, Austin Okonakban was a mass communication graduate in 2017 and is a lead spot producer and presented and corresponded with the multiple award national television station in channels. How many of us know channels? Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's a top, you know, um, station in Nigeria. We have this other one, Okbe Adegbari, international graduate, 2019. It's also a sport analyst and digital expert here. But the ones, okay, the ones in ministry here, that's the one I want you to really see and see what God is doing. Can, can you see this young man? Pastor Emmanuel Irene. How many of us know him? Okay. He's a building technology graduate in 2011. And he's the lead pastor of the Celebration Church with branches in major cities in Nigeria, UK, and the US. He has also overseen, or he oversees two other ministerial expressions, namely Manifest Bible Course and International you know, Training School and running 30 devotionals and International Daily Devotions. Now, his church, the one he pastors in Lagos, is over 7,000 congregation. And this is another one again, Pastor Akin, Akin Pelu. He's currently, he's, he, has, he has a PhD now, was an industrial physicist 2008, and is a lead pastor of the Eden Center, a development consultant and performance coach and best-selling author of Eden Center. Um, the church is also has this vision to search for the lost and reconnect them back to Christ. He's also a Covenant University graduate. Are you putting your hands to God for what he's doing? Now, politics is also not left out. We have some of them who are also into politics, like this young man was um, Fouad Atonda Lawal, an international graduate, an international relations graduate in 2007, was the local government chairman of uh, Ikoi Obalende Local Council in the last uh, administration. And Femi Badejo Psychology 2006 is the trade and investment commissioner to South Africa for the Republic of Vanuatu in South Africa. He's a commissioner and he's also the managing partner of Sasi, Sasi Partners, an African fastest growing and indigenous citizens by investment firm. So this is what God has done. Let's give Jesus a big hand. 
Now, international collaboration and partnership. These are some of the partnership. I can't write all of them. I just took some of them to show us the kind of partnership we are doing. So if you are, pastor was sharing this morning that you better know the company you keep. We are also very intentional in the people we associate with because who you associate with is equally what follows you. Okay? Your association is what determines your destination. So, you, we are very intentional. We are very careful on who we bring on board. Now, so this we have with University of London, Central in Natales, University of Robot University. We just signed that collaboration recently. And um, we have one with OPSA here in Ghana and MIT, Northern Universities, um, Northeastern Universities, and so on. Now, in conclusion, for this part, Christian Mission Universities have made unique faith-based learning and leadership contributions. Our government must create the necessary policies and enabling environment that will support African universities to enable them deliver on their mandate for social economic transformation of the continent. And there's also a need to support the establishment of more universities in Africa to reduce education tourism out of Africa and impact. And um, like I mentioned here, the, this one here, that I once traveled to Europe for a conference. And one of the things I picked from that conference is that African problems can only be solved by Africans. You don't expect the Americans, Europeans, Indians, Chinese, or other foreigners to come and solve your problems for you. In fact, one of them even told me, he told us in that conference, that we have our own problem to solve. We, because they got there, they were complaining to them that we have not done this, we need this. I, so I was burning in my spirit until the man told them the proper language. So it is high time for Africans to rise up and take the bull by the horn. Rise up and be creative. Rise up and embrace innovative ideas as you rise shortly to stardom in the name of Jesus Christ. It was Dr. David Udipo that said, it doesn't have to be white to be right. We must come out of the slavery and colonial mentality and God is going to help us to come out of them in the name of Jesus Christ. I've finished part one. Thank you so much. So, I think this should be the most interesting part now. Now, which is personal reflection, the road to becoming a vice chancellor. Wow. Um, you will have to permit me to start on these scriptural quotes. Ecclesiastes chapter 9 and verse 11. He said, I return and I saw under the sun that the race is not to the swift, nor the battles to the strong, neither yet bread to the wise, nor yet riches to men of understanding, nor yet favor to men of skills. But time and chance happen to them all. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 10, it says, He said, but, that by, but by the grace of God, I am what I am, and his grace which was bestowed upon me, was not in vain. The grace of God was not in vain. So I start about my growing up days. Wow. I, I never had the privilege of staying with my mom for a very long time. I lived with my stepmom. As a matter of fact, I was born into a polygamous home where my father married four wives. 
and is not a Muslim. And my mother was the second wife. Now, you see, I have even lost count of my siblings at a point. At a point, we're over 20 all together. So I have to let you know all of this so you know where we are coming from. <laughs> Although my father was a Christian, but he was more like a churchgoer than a true practicing Christian. You know, you have churchgoers. I do those who, his name is Samuel. But to the glory of God, we inject, I, when God, when I got saved in university, before he passed on, we injected Christ into him before he died. I am the second out of the five children from my mom. And I was nine years old when I left my mother to stay with my stepmother. Growing up without your biological mother can be, can be very touching and quite challenging. My life has been planned and preordained by God according to Jeremiah chapter 1 and verse 5. He said, before I formed thee, I knew thee and have ordained you to equally become a prophet. So there was an orchestration of my life from beginning. Now my dad was one of the few rich people during his own time before he went to be with the Lord but was manipulated by my stepmom who took control of the entire house attended local and community high school while her children that is my stepbrothers attended good schools with excellent conditions that's the honest truth I attended local school community school they call it community secondary school now can I let you know <laughs> Uh, because let me let you know your present condition is not your destination what you are currently going through does not mean that that's where you will end up if you will not agree with it now I have to put this down so that you can I, we can, I can flow with the thoughts now, so she was, who was manipulated by my stepmom, who took control of the entire house, I attended local school, like I mentioned, and her children attended, my stepbrothers attended good schools with excellent conditions. Although my dad loved me, but due to the heavy manipulation from my stepmom, he couldn't do much. My school fees got affected. He's rich. But my school fees will not be paid. When and my name start, you know my name, AA Abiodun Adeba. In at the assembly ground, those who are owing, I'll be the first person they will call. <laughs> ah, so it, I got so mad one day. I said, What kind of life is this? And they all know that my dad was rich in that city. So, but usually I have a way of also covering up. I won't tell them. That this is what I was going through. They didn't know. So, what I did, as young as I was then, in secondary school, 
was to look for something I could do. So I was. I became a laundryman. I was looking for people who have clothes and I was washing them. I was getting money. And I was looking for cars to equally wash. So I became a car washer. So the money I gathered, so even though my dad may give me the school fees much, much, much later, I will now use that money to pay for my school fees and to buy my books to be reading. Now, in one of those days, I was preparing for the WAEP examination, the West African Examination Council. So I went to buy because I won't get books. I had to save to buy books. And one of those books I bought was how many of us know the chemistry book was a yao ababio it just came up that time in 1994 i bought it in fact i looked for somebody who because they were not selling it in my in the community where we live i gave money out to one of those Igbo's guys that go to Indonesia. i said please help me buy give him money again to buy because i had money i was working so i i bought those books that i was reading so books are, are powerful pastor was teaching us on how we need to develop ourselves in our area so we can be relevant so i got those because i must pass my work now i got those books and i was reading but do you know what my stepmom did she came seized those books in fact picked them up and hid them so i could so i won't have access to them again at times i'll be reading in the night and she comes to go and sleep, my friend. And your light, the light you are you on is disturbing me. So that's the kind, the kind of things I went through. Sometimes I will cry. Sometimes I will yell. Well, God sustained me all through those moments. Now, the most interesting thing is that my stepmom was also a teacher in my school. now now hear this that will also shock you she has two cars i will wake up do all of the cleaning of the house and also wash the cars but i will still trek to school so my friends they, because they didn't know she wasn't my mother i told them she was my mother they didn't know he said why don't you always follow your mother to school i said no i like to jog to school <laughs> i like trekking to school I used to wear patched trousers, uh, but that didn't. It wasn't even my. I wasn't even thinking. I was. I was even having. That's not even an issue. Sometimes my stepmom will have to. I became a puff puff seller. You know puff puff, bonds made from floor. I was selling the open market. <laughs> selling in the open market. And sometimes my mom got to know about it and i said no that uh, you know is is part of the training so i took it as you know that was it so i went through all this and countless times my friends like i said would ask me why don't you join your mom since i never told them she wasn't my mom and i would say i just love trekking to school i hawk snacks cup of buff for her at the public markets 
But in all of this, when the Waek result was going to be released, I cleared all my papers. She was the one that came to announce to me. Had all of the A's and credits, including English. I think I had C4 in English and A3 in mathematics. A2 in mathematics to the glory of God. Now, my encounter with Christ. I've been a church goer since I was born until God arrested me on September 22nd, 1994. I became an active member in campus fellowship when I resumed at the University of Calabar in 1995 till 1999, where I worshipped with the Christian Union. It's a fellowship campus, and I served at the library and publicity unit on weekly and on Sundays. Now, what happened then was that I was going to go to school because my mother was the other fate. And she took, she called me well, before I went to school and took me out where they cooked me. You know what I'm saying? When they say they cooked you, they cooked. I went to Babalao. She took me to Babalao to cook me before going to school where they put all manner of insulation on my body. <laughs> Tore my body, do that, and did some things. And at the end, they gave me something to put in my coat pocket to protect me. But, you see, God is wonderful. So I'm sharing this to a number of us to let us know that you can, with God, everything is possible. Now, since I put that thing in my pocket, my heart was always beating. I said, I've never had any accident in my life. I enter vehicle, I'll be afraid. <laughs> so, I got to fellowship one day. And I had to, I, on my own, I dedicated my life to Christ. And I took that in and I threw it away. Threw it inside the bush, threw it inside the water. You see, the University of Calabar, the Atlantic Ocean is very close by. So I went there, and I threw it there, I said, bye-bye. Since that time, I've never had any accident. So it is, you can't. So because that's the best she knows. She doesn't have the Bible. She doesn't know. That's the best she knows, and she loved me. She wanted me to live long. Praise the Lord. So, but to the glory of God. I was a member of the prayer force units and also served as the brothers coordinated in my final year. I went to the mandatory national service where I was equally involved in rural rugged evangelism, which was a platform for spirituality development for me. I engaged in hospital and prison ministrations and evangelism. My encounter with the Living Faith Church was in 1995 when I returned on a holiday and I got to know that Living Faith Church was has started in my area and I started worshipping there. And my spiritual my spiritual life and encounter with God's word took a new dimension. I became committed to the church as I joined the service unit and became a self-fellowship leader since 2001. And since then, my life has been moving from one level 
to another. And I'm still a cell minister till date. I don't miss Saturday fellowship except when I'm traveled. And when I travel, I have called for the report. I have sent it to where it ought to be sent to. That's me. And I was asking, so why is the attendance low today? I was asking because I was concerned. Oh, the person who covered for me said, maybe because it rained heavily, that a number of them could not come. So I was also not happy. I said, did the person come? Did, you know, I had asked, why well, when I'm sitting in Ghana here, to show the connectivity of my heart, where my heart is connected. My new covers were calling me today because I had to call them. Usually I call them and I they tell them and I also find a way to also support them to church. One of them, they didn't see me, they were calling me. I said, they shouldn't worry. They will see me very soon. <laughs> Hallelujah. They were calling me while I was in Joss. I mean, while I was in, in Ghana here. Now, by the grace of God, my commitment to God and his kingdom has given me some leadership opportunities in the church. I was a Dano pastor in Living Faith Church in 2009. And I became a Zona pastor, a district pastor, provincial pastor, and regional pastor in our system. I taught in the Bible school, the Word of Faith Bible school, the Wolfby, at LCC, L, at BCC, LCC, and even LDC, to the glory of God. That's the opportunities the church has provided for every one of us here. You can become anything when you are hooked onto God. When you detach yourself from God, you're on your own. Anything can happen. Now, what about my academic progression? Now, I have put here ambition and calling. My desire was to be a naval officer. I saw Gideon today and now, yesterday, and I told him, I want to be like you. <laughs> I said, I wanted to be like you. You know, because I love those white, when they wear that, their white shirt, it's, you know, um, it attracts me. And I love it, and I want to be there. So I thought that was going to be. And this happened while I was doing my master's degree. Meanwhile, God had already told me in my final year that I would have a call into the academics. But I wanted to go the other way. Now, God's ways, the way God thinks is not the way man thinks. God's ways are higher, far, far higher than our ways. And our, we must allow him to lead us. Allow him to guide us because God cannot mismanage your destiny. If you hand over everything to God, he will manage it well for you. Man is too is short-sighted though. We used to say that uh, somebody has long leg. God's leg is the longest. As heavens are high. Can you measure the distance between heaven and that? How many has any scientific research been done? Now, why am I saying the long leg? Now, we had, I had this classmate while we were doing masters in University of Joss together. Now, she had a letter to, she gave me a letter to deliver at the Nava base. Ah, I said, this has been an opportunity to, the third in command, a rear admiral. Then, 
I said, what an opportunity God has brought. I said, God, you understand the way, you know, to arrange these things. You know, this thing has been in my heart. Sir, I got there. In fact, right when they heard that I was coming, right from the gate, they started saluting me. I said, yes. This is the Nava call. <laughs> so, right from the gate, they started saluting me until I got to his office. Wow. I said, Father, I thank you. I'm already a naval officer. <laughs> but that was it. But do you know that when the form came out, I told the man, I said, okay, I want to be like you. Very direct. I don't want to miss that opportunity. And he said, no problem. Get the form when the form comes out. But the form came out. And the man suddenly turned his back against me. And I was right there. God told me. He said, you know, I told you that this is not my place and my desire for you. And I told God, I knelt down and I told God, I'm sorry. And what I did then, because I had to reduce my age. He said, I have to let you know where I'm coming from. I reduced my age to be able to qualify. So, but I took that paper that day and I tore it. I said, Father, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So, that was it. And I reverted back. And I kept doing. Went to complete my project. At that time, you know, God provided something for me. And that would lead me to work experience before my academic. So, I, I was in at Jaws. And in this place, I, um, God led me. To a place where they were looking for persons to work in an international organization. After that decision, God led me. And I got a job in an international organization. I wasn't qualified because I do not have professional qualification. Now, what is this project all about? It was, you know, at that time we had many persons infected with the HIV. And the American government came and wanted to set up a center where people can be tested and at the same time placed on antiviral therapy. And that project was called President George Bush Emergency Plans for AIDS Relief. So, I didn't know. I just went there casually. I didn't know though. They said everybody should go and train. So I got there and I was focused. Of all 20, well, all of them are qualified. I was, in the only, I was the only one not having the professional certification. But at the end, the America guy that came to train us said, this is the person I'm going to hand over this lab to. So they handed that place to me. And I was there doing my thing, God helping me. And, you know, you know how much the money was going to be then. And we were paid in dollars at that time. So, but that was what God did. But when it was time for me to leave, sir, because of the impact God has made me to be there. Because I knew when God told me to now leave. And I moved. I came, did Covenant University interview. As at 2005. And I was to leave. Everybody was crying. One even before then. Somebody made a sarcastic statement and said. Will you now leave this place for education? How much are they paying you there? I said, when God says move, you move. When God says move, you move. 
and that was it. I moved. Even though I was going to be trained in the U.S., I, was going to, I had all of those things. I didn't put those things before me. I had to obey the voice of God to move at that time. And that was my, when I resumed at Covenant University in 2005, precisely October 4th. I was appointed as an assistant lecturer. So when I came, I thought everything was there because I was going to do my PhD. But sir, yours sincerely, it was just fate. Nothing was on ground. <laughs> so are you getting what I'm saying? So, but we believed. I said, Lord, I'm not going to return back because I heard what you told me. And I stayed back to build the system. So I designed the curriculum. Got some other things that will help us to start on a very good note and you know god is ever faithful and i went through the rank to becoming a professor i went as from lecturer to assistant lecturer to lecturer two from lecturer two i got a phd eventually god helping me traveled out to the to china where i was able to do some of those things that were difficult to do and i returned back I returned back and somebody said, uh -uh, why did you return? I said, I won't tell you So the guy was mad. He couldn't just comprehend why you are returning back. I said, so what is there? What's the big deal? So I returned back and I continued. And to the glory of God, I became a professor in 2017. <laughs> After I became senior lecturer, from senior lecturer to associate professor, from associate professor, to that and all of those things you know all the requirements were met and were also given some external validation to the glory of god and we celebrate the faithfulness of god for that now on academic and administrative position i've had cause to serve in those positions at the department at the college and even at the central committees and to the glory of god the Community Development Impact Initiative Committee. God helped me to build that place up. And some of those programs I built, because I was there for over five, six years, that's it's still continuing till tomorrow. And this is where we impact the communities with so many things, doing so many outreaches, outreach programs to the communities within. Through that platform, we've been able to provide local communities there. Because if you don't have very stable community you may not be able to try as a university so that was the initiative we we're doing giving them transformers doing pop bottles for a number of them and giving them health care and we established this program on a regular basis to mark each of those united nations day or oh, what diabetics day this is what we're going to do let's go to this community let's invade and we also use that as our outreach platform to also win souls to jesus and do you know what? We also use that as our platform for research also. Because all of those things we do, we also go with our teams of researchers and they begin to doctor. And at the end, we do a research and we do the publication and we send it to international journals. So, you know, these are things, platform, God has helped us. There are issues. And that's why I said here that African 
challenges can only be solved by Africans themselves. So there are challenges and looking for you as an opportunist to begin to take advantage of. Let's look at that and God will keep helping us in the name of Jesus Christ. So I served as departmental head of units and I was appointed sub-dean and dean of postgraduate school um, where I was for four years before I was appointed the vice chancellor. Now, I was also the deputy chaplain, has been privileged to work at the chaplaincy where that has also helped shift my spirituality within the university system. And uh, to the glory of God, won several fellowship awards, grants, and to the glory of God, my enter the league of the who is who in the world, to the glory of God. And this happened, I think, in 2012 or 2013, to the glory of God. Now, becoming a professor and vice chancellor, glory to God for calling the unqualified. I'm, I'm not qualified, though. And I have every reason to say that I'm not qualified. But God usually weak, use the um, foolishness or weak things in order to confound the wise. Because when I was appointed a vice chancellor. I was weeping. I said, "Why?" You know, the, 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 before I was appointed, I want to thank my father, my mentor, my life coach, Bishop Yudipu. The first time they told me to go and do the interview, I told them that I'm not qualified. That I don't want to do it. And he called me after that X-ray. Said, There's no man that God cannot make anything out of. That you shouldn't worry. He encouraged me. <laughs> because I, I, I know what is there, and I saw the other people who were doing it before that. I'd work closely with them. So I knew it's not an easy task. The whole university is on you. We are talking of students. You are talking of uh, staff. You are talking of faculty. You are not talking of external people. All manner. You don't even know where they are throwing the next arrow from. So you know, I, I'm, I, I, you, I know what is involved. And so I just told myself, I don't think I can do this. So I, when they announced my name, I was weeping. Others were rejoicing. And I went to God and said, Lord, why? Help me. And the Lord said to me that I will help you. And I will guide you. <laughs> and they had to call my wife too. My wife too was weeping. Oh, because she said, ah, ah, so that, that you won't have time for the husband and all of that. <laughs> she was weeping that, ah, Lord, no, no, it's not the time. That he knows you'll be there, but this time is too short. Because she said, you are too young to start having all of this. And to the glory of God, God accept us. I became the youngest vice chancellor at the time I was appointed. Now, most people who come to see me, so they will be expecting somebody who is very huge to act here. They say, oh, you, are, you look so young. I say, to the glory of God. <laughs> I want to give God all the glory 
for giving me this privilege. Now, to the glory of God, a number of things God has helped us to achieve. Now, I share with this thoughts with you even before I sign out today. Now, a lot of transformation in my life has happened. You heard that I was appointed, I mean, elected as AAU board members. Here, you know, the Secretariat is in Ghana here. In Trinity Way, here in Ghana, East Legon. Now, and I was also appointed, I mean, elected as a board member of Association of Commonwealth of University. You have to be vice chancellor before they can appoint you. Now, we went for the meeting in London, sometimes last November. Another one is coming next month in Canada. Now, I got there. So I was with the vice chancellor of the University of London. We were sharing together, and she said to me, How did you get here? Because she told me of her own experience, how she was able to get there. I didn't even know it was that uh, serious. <laughs> Is it? So she has to do campaign. She has to do all manner of things to be elected and get the support of other vice chancellors in that region to be elected. And I just told her, I said, no, my own is, my case is different. I said, me, I only got one, two persons or three persons to nominate me who are vice chancellors. And that's how they elected me to represent East Africa and West Africa on that board. You see, there are several platforms that I would not have been able to engage. And one of such platforms is here if I was not a vice chancellor. So I want to appreciate God. And I want to drop this with every one of us here. It doesn't matter where you are. It doesn't matter what anybody has told you. Somebody may have shut you down. Somebody may have said you cannot make it in life. You may have even been relegated to the back door. You, had the, you may even have been called the black sheep in your family. But that's not what God's word says concerning you. That's not who you are. No one has control over your destiny and your life. You are the one who will determine what God can do and will do for you if only you walk in his will. You see, my grandma, before she passed on, said to me from my partner's side, he said, you see, your dad, the level God has taken him to today, is as a result of his humility. Remain humble. Remain humble. No matter God is taking, she said that to me. Said God is taking you high. That was when I was uh, still in the maybe I've not maybe in secondary school then, maybe in just entering secondary school. She said that to me, but that stuck into me. Remain humble. Remain humble. When God begins to lift you. Because God is going to lift every one of you here. 
anyone under the sound of my voice, God is going to lift you. But you must remain humble. You must remain humble and be very committed. Don't get, there is no retirement in this kingdom advancement today. So if you retire, you'll be fired. Meaning that you retire. That's the end. When you get, when you get to your retirement age, all the fringe benefits are cut off. So don't get, don't retire. If Bishop Oedipo is still going out, yesterday I was, three times this week he had gone out. Over 700 souls were won this week by his, by himself and his team, his outreach team. He went out. He said, if I, your father, is still going out, who are you? You see, this is where God is linking us together. This is the secret to your high places in life. We will not, Matthew 6, 33. Now, let me shock you with this humbling testimony. Last year. I just got a company from Hong Kong that said to me, that, uh, you know, wrote to me that I want you to be on the advisory board of our company. I thought it was one of those Yahoo Yahoo so I didn't, I didn't bother. I just pushed it aside. But somehow, a week later, God was there. I said, go back to that mail. I read through. He said, they want to have a talk with me. So I replied, let's have a talk. Let me, let's see. But I won't give, I won't release myself to it just like that. So and we got talking. He said, we just want you to be, we want you to be as one of our scientific board members. And who will be helping us to oversee Africa here. Because they have just two. One in America and one in Russia. But they want one in Africa. They reached out to me. They said, in the interview, they showed me all of those things. Are they? So they were now telling me what I will get for doing this. So all we need to do is one hour a day of your time. Is what you would do, meaning that you would just do 30 hours a month. Answer when I put those things they were going to pay me, it's more than my salary as vice chancellor. And so they sent that agreement, they sent me the document. I had to give our lawyer, I said, Lawyer, help me look at this. A very senior lawyer who will soon be um, senior advocate of Nigeria in the church. I said, sir, I mean, this is what came. Please advise me. Ah, he's, he's also a pastor. He said, ah, congratulations, my brother. You better jump into it. <laughs> that the agreement is harmless. You know, that's what God can do. That's what God can do when you are actively engaging on kingdom advancement endeavor. He did that. I've seen his hand. I'm doing nothing. No. In fact, there is nothing. I'm not even doing anything. But yet, every month, they credit my account. That's what the Lord is going to do for somebody here. 
Because you are here today, God will take you higher. And as I begin to conclude on a note of appreciation, I want to thank God for the journey mercies granted me to be in Accra and to be part of your success today. My appreciation goes to Reverend Dr. Kwando Bempa and his amiable wife, Pastor Patience Bempa, for the invitation to this edition of June 2023 SBS. My prayer is that the oil and fire of God upon your life will never run dry. And as God will keep renewing your anointing in the name of Jesus Christ. To all of the co-laborers in the house and all ordained worker service unit members, especially the coordinators of SBS, I say thank you for doing excellent jobs. We appreciate what you are doing and we pray that the Lord will reward you in the name of Jesus Christ. And to everyone who is a part of this success and breakthrough seminar today, I say congratulations because your testimonies will be stronger and greater than mine. And I'm eager to hear your testimonies. Thank you so much. And God bless you. Thank you so much. Put your hands together for Prof. Too powerful. Wow, 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 wow. Turn to somebody and say, God cannot mismanage your life. Another one, another one, another one, another one, another one. The last one. God cannot mismanage your life. Clap your hands and let's give God some praise. Powerful. I believe a place that touched me was how he was being ill-treated. And the advice is that if you get any young person with you, be careful the way you treat a person. Today, I don't know where the stepmom is now. How can you be a teacher with two cars and somebody is with you and he has to trek home? Wickedness. And so the person you raise today may become your savior tomorrow. Glory to Jesus. I think there are some questions, eh? You want to do some question time. So... Yes. So let's welcome Prof again to manage our life for us. <laughs> God will manage it through him. Praise the Lord. Praise the please let's be seated. Praise the Lord. God is the ultimate manager. Hallelujah. And he will manage our lives in Jesus' name. Amen. So we'll quickly look at some of the questions supernatural Wait. growth bro thank you so much for the delivery um so please if you have a question you can come to the microphone mention your name and then ask bro but we have a couple on here um the very first one is can you skip masters to phd if i want to get to where you are now i want to be a professor can i skip the master's process and skip and get straight to phd all right well you want to do it sharp 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 but be careful though sharp sharp can uh, lead to cut uh, cut down somebody's destiny but the truth is there are some universities you must register for masters first but maybe when you are done with the first year in some universities 
you automatically upgraded based on the kind of resort. If you have very excellent resort, I think it's practiced in the UKs and all of that, they can do that. But it's interesting. Let me advise everyone here. Now, and that's the mistake some persons make. Wow, you know, you are running away from the course because of some lecturers that the way they treated you. He said, let me jump to another program. You see, the academic world is such that you are being trained to be able to be a specialist in that area. Now, if you move, for instance, if I'm going to hire someone, a professor for instance, I will check his academic pedigree. Or if you are going to hire you as a lecturer in the university, I will check you. If you studied economics, BSc economics, and you say, okay, I'm going to do an MBA. I mean, that's um, MBA now. And, but with MBA, most universities will not give you a PhD degree. Will not admit you for PhD. Are you getting what I'm saying? But you must do subject-related disciplines like economics. Other ones, you check those criteria very well. Maybe management sciences that relates to your earlier first degree and build and have a master's of science degree, MSc. So with MSc, you can now do a PhD. When you have that MSc, you can do a PhD. That's, what, that's the standard everywhere in the world. But some universities, after you register for your master's, maybe in economics, and you want to, uh, you pass very well, very well, maybe to a distinction level, they just automatically upgrade you. And that's why you see some professors in their field, they just have BSc, then PhD. It's not that they skipped it, but be, they started it, but because it gave them an automatic license, an upgrade, to be able to start without wasting more time on their PhD. That's the standard. But if you did an MBA, there is now what they call Doctor of Business Administration now. But, you know, it's like a professional program. It's not the PhD. And in most universities, you cannot be engaged as a lecturer. I get what I'm saying. So, but that PhD degree is what qualifies you to be absorbed as lecturer. Thank you so much. Thank you. So the second question is, is there a mechanism of studying or learning that I can absorb better, especially in these recent times of social media? So in essence, what the person is saying is, is there a way, a new way I can study so that I can memorize better and do well in my academics? Well, you see, the truth is, the <laughs> you have to go through the process but it's faster for us because we are believers I vow that an unbeliever will not beat me in my class it's an insult on God if you are in the same class an unbeliever is leading you you better go and which means scripture is not correct it's not working an unbeliever should not it's not right you are to prove the word of God. If the Holy Ghost said, I will, God said in his word, Jesus said, I will, he will remind you of things to come. Principally, it's because of things you have read and things you have studied. So the best way to understand and to learn is to teach others.
what you give never end is what you keep that ends what you give never ends now what you keep is what you is when it ends because you are holding it high now let me share this with you now when we first resumed you know because paper writing is the most difficult aspect and that's what is holding some people not becoming a professor they don't have publication that's the truth now i had this person who we were employed together i was we were living we just got employed together and i was going to check him in his room but i peeped before i entered his room he was writing paper he saw me and put it under the bed i, I was just wondering but i i pretended as if i didn't know what he was doing but the truth is he couldn't match me to the glory of god now what we are saying in essence is that all you need to do is teach others the best way to solve mathematical problems is to look at the problems and what happened while i was in the secondary school and all of why they say i'm very good at math is that in the night i will walk and walk and walk and walk the example i follow the examples i didn't have anybody teaching me so i knew how i do did my own and i know where i'm coming from so i had to give my best so i will do it then i will now go to the class i will now be solving and helping others oh yeah come come and learn come and learn i was doing master sir now all in fact you know all those people i was then i hadn't got that job so i had time so those people who were in my classroom they were doing bio statistics the cheapest so they will come to me married people inside me they come in to, to i said i gathered all of them and I was, as i'm teaching them i'm refining my mentality as i'm teaching them i'm upscaling and upgrading myself so that's why i said the best way to learn is to teach the little you know you teach the ones you don't know you go back and understand better but another best way now thank god we are now in this you know social media age so you can use the social media to for your best advantage instead of looking at TikTok and all of those things that is not taking and not talking your destiny or taking your destiny up now so what you do is to look for videos in those areas and go through them over and over again and it's going to help you in jesus name All right, thank you very much Paul, for your presentation. Supernatural growth. Uh, my name is Albert. I have two questions for you, sir. So the first one is, um, in your presentation, realize that many students want to do certain courses, medicine, pharmacy, law, because of its job security. And it seems we have relegated essential courses like agric, Students are not motivated to do a Greek. So I wanted to, I want to ask you as a vice chancellor, what's being done to address this menace? Because I get it's a very essential cause that we should be giving attention to. Uh, my second question is, you said you studied in China and um,
Chinese education is more practical. But we find that in our university, most of our courses are abstract. For example, philosophy and classics, archaeology. We realize that this type of courses do not meet or address our global needs. So we end up training uh, students that are not even relevant in this our global needs. So as a vice chancellor, I want to ask, what is being done to address this kind of situation? Thank you very much. Yeah, thank you so much. Yes, so let's start from your first question. He said, concerning a Greek enrollment rate that is down and yet is it not going to affect food security? Obviously, it's affecting us. You see, that's why, you see, look at our university, Covenant University, is, it has its focus. We are not currently running a Greek program in Covenant. And if you look at our sister university, it is primarily focusing on Greek. That's the landmark university at Omoaro. So it has all of the Greek problems. It was big, I to fill this gap that the Chancellor, Dr. David Uribe, established that university to help solve the full security issue. I think, and they are trying their best, even though we are not there yet, but we'll be there in the name of Jesus Christ. Now, on the philosophy and classroom, is it management you mentioned now? That you mentioned now that some of those courses that are not meeting, that in China, they are more of practical. Yes, I can attest to that. You see, the truth is, we need to revitalize our curriculum. We need to revitalize them. And that's, if you look at what the National Universities Commission is doing right now, they are coming up with, we've been working as vice chancellors of all universities and to revitalize our curriculum in order to meet the expectations. So we are coming up, instead of what we use as BMAS, that is the bench minimum academic standard, we now have what is known as CCMAS. CCMAS, and that is called the Core Curriculum Minimum Academic Standard. That's what we are introducing. And what, how does it work? It works like this. 70% of the courses are the core courses from that you must meet. That's that cuts across other universities. Then the 30% is to inject some level of innovation in your courses. And which is what we are looking for as a university. So we have now, when that is launched and approved, we have introduced quite a lot of other innovative courses that before now, NUC will mandate you to do some certain courses that are not even relevant to what you are doing. So now, we have now injected those things so that it can be practical oriented and it can meet the needs of our learners. That's what we are doing very shortly and it's going to be launched in Nigeria very shortly. Thank you so much. Professor Adeboyo, thank you for your presentation. Um, I have a question. My question and is really for you to inspire this group of people. I noticed during your presentation that many of the Covenant University alumni have studied engineering and different uh, subjects, but many of them are entrepreneurs. Can you give us the wisdom behind this and inspire us, those that want to be entrepreneurs? Because I know that is... All right, thank you yeah. so much. Thank you so much. Now, if you look at, from what I mentioned earlier on, 
that we are very intentional in what we do. We created and crafted the entrepreneurial development studies, like I mentioned. So, and they are taught from 100 level, not just taught to. They do practicals, they do projects. We have incubation lab. We have startup laboratories in our university in such a way that if you have any idea, just come to that lab. They will help you refine that idea. They, you start your companies. A number of them have started their companies. They are even getting a lot of money. Some of them are paying their school fees themselves from that. So my you know, motivation to these people here is that you may not have that privilege, but we have some resources online that you can start doing at the moment. Go to those online courses. What are you good at? What actually attracts you? Now, what are you inspired to do? Like some may be able to do, you know, some jewelries, but you have, you have not really learned the art of really doing it. I want to enjoin you. Go and start. Go and learn it. If it is a Rusai people who has not gone to school, go and learn it under him. You can't say you studied mechanical engineering, you can't even remove the battery of a car. You can't even open the boot of a bonnet. And yet you are you said you are PhD engineering. What engineering engineer are you doing? If go and meet the mechanic and do some internship with them and learn something, and your own will become better. Now, can I tell you? We have on our campus our students, we teach them a lot of vocations, weaving photography, fish farming, they teach them those vocations. Some of them, they start. Even fintech industries, they have, they develop these apps. That's on the very higher one. They join groups. I have so many of them who, I was, who are doing very well, who have started their companies. Softcom, for instance, is an IT company and it's ringing bell everywhere. So these are things we can begin to do. Let's learn. Let's learn from those who know how to do it. Even though they may not have the required, they don't have the requirements, they don't have the certificate to back that up, but they know how to do it. Vulcanizer, go and learn it. Hairdressing, go and learn it. Start, stop looking for job. And go and learn. You have holidays. What are you doing? In fact, you should have multiple sources of income. You should have multiple sources of income. Year, year in, year out. Now, my PA. <laughs> he said his father told him that, uh, oh boy, don't just settle for one. Go and learn. So, as he's doing the PA work, he's also doing website design. He has gone to learn it. He's also into photography. He's also yeah, every weekend. I, I, I said this weekend, you won't go and do photography. Oh yeah, come and do PA for me. <laughs> so I'm telling you some of those things that people are doing, and you will just discover that God will just catapult your destiny. So it is for us. It is for us to humble ourselves. Those who are learners who have this handwork that they are doing, they are rich. 
go and meet them and learn. So you can now join it with the modern way of learning. Go to YouTube and refine your own. And also you can also back your own with some level of certification. Thank you so much. Thank you. Supernatural growth. My name is Farabal. A prof, I want to find out how you are able to manage your time as a vice chancellor. You are also still a cell leader, very responsible and accountable. You have this international organizations and bodies that you represent on boards. And the way you are talking, I could see you are a very family person. Your wife was crying when she was told you are going to be the, <laughs> the vice chancellor. How are you able to manage all this with your family life? Mm. That your wife still thinks and dreams about you, even when you are in Ghana. Thank you. Praise the Lord. So you are taking me to where I don't want to touch at all. And I know this is where we'll excite, particularly our ladies here. <laughs> yes, you see, the truth is, life is all about efficient management of our time. We must be able to be on top. I don't, I don't have time to watch TV. In fact, uh, since I came, even at home, I don't even do the charge of my, I, I, don't have, I don't have that kind of time. So I cut off a lot of things that would have consumed my time. I came here, the only time I opened that TV in the room, sir, was after I finished my presentation. Because I must cook my teaching that I'm coming to teach you today. Since I've been traveling, I'm traveling, I didn't have time to gather. I sat down to put all of this together. And I said, let me even see, in case they even ask me, what is even available? What's even going on? It was then I opened it up after about, uh, is it 3 p.m. And, and all of that? That's when I, in my house, I don't even open TV. We don't even reach out. It's only when my children are at home because they are in the boarding school. The first, we have three, two boys and one girl, the baby of the house. They're all in the secondary school now. When it's only when they come that maybe once in a while they spend a few days with us that my wife says, Okay, let them uh, since they have been reading in school, let them also she recharges them and they also control the kind of stations and channels that they watch. Now, so my wife is also a lecturer in the university. She she got her PhD from Covenant University. And let me also let me also advise our men here. <laughs> sir you know my wife when before we got married she told me she said that this book she's not going to read though she's she's yeah, she, she's already a graduate she's she will stop at first degree i said okay so what do you want to do you want to go into business i said i will support you i didn't argue with her but right within me i was praying <laughs> i didn't argue with her i didn't force her I was praying. Somebody is saying, are you praying that she, she won't be successful in the business? No, that's not the kind of prayer I was praying. I said, Lord, touch her heart. If it is your will for her, let her understand this. So, when she, there was a time after, you know, she started the business, she was doing well, doing all of that, but somehow, I was reading through, they just newly appointed some governors 
I mean, elected some governors in the Nigeria then. That's some years ago. And I said, I was reading through the biography of their wives. This one has this. This one has this. And then I have not even, I'm not even near Provisi. This one has this. I now ask, okay, she, a number of them have PhDs, a number of them have masters. I said, so if, for instance, they also appoint me as governor, which that's not my line, no. <laughs> I was just thinking in that direction. If they appoint me this, so, and they need to also get the trajectory of my wife, so what will I say she has? So it became a prayer point. And I asked her one day, I said, are you, do you want to further your education? Ah, he said, yes, sir. I said, I, I said, so why didn't you tell me? Ah, he said, you know, we had to, I had told you earlier that I don't want to go to school again. I said, so she jumped at it and I supported her. Started her master's. She said, I said, don't worry, I'll pay from Covenant. I said, don't worry, I'll pay. You should do it in You should not go to any other, do it here. She did her master's in Covenant University. And when I, I said, and I told her, I said, I don't beg people. Don't say because my husband is here. High level of discipline. I don't go to beg people. I don't, we don't beg. I don't talk to anybody. Sit down and do your reading. Sit down and do your assignments. Sit down and pass your exam. And that was the counsel I gave to her. So she went. Did it and her result came and I saw she did excellently well. Wow. And I was encouraged. And I said, Okay, do you want to do a PhD? I said, It's good you do a PhD. And she was looking at me. I said, Yes, it starts. Started in 2016, 2017, and got the PhD about two years ago to the glory of God. So that's the one with my wife. And of course, so it's easier when you get that. So she applied and she went through the process of the interview and she got a job in Covenant University. And she's together where she's a lecturer in business administration and management. And why I'm also a lecturer there. So it's easier and for us to be able to connect and for us to be able to speak the same line. So each time I'll now come late, uh, she understands. Each time she she tells me that this is what I say, hey, so you are not understanding the language I used to tell you before. <laughs> so it's for connectivity and it's for harmonization. So God has helped me. Yes, I travel, but in all of these, I don't allow my time to be. I cut off from things that will not move me forward. And I stay with the majors. I remove the minors while I stay with the majors. So I that's what has helped me. And once I get home, sometimes I can be in the office from morning to night and all of that, but I must take my regular rest and my exercise daily. Even Abuja, I went, but that's why I don't sleep in any hotel that does not have a gym facility to the glory of God in order to also keep fit because of, you know, you need strength to be able to do this kind of work that God has enabled us. Is there some final question? Um, does Covenant University have any plans to set up in Ghana in the near future? 
and he also ran online programs for masters and phd thank you so much well for setting up another university in ghana uh, well um <laughs> i think that would be with the chancellor so but maybe with papa even though there were plans for it some time ago but i'm sure it will come in the nearest future then on online program we're going to start our open and distant learning program very shortly and our focus will be to also look at how we can bring on board some of the postgraduate programs right there so that it can be beneficial to people thank you okay prof my question is um how do um, you advise a student, university student, who is also fully engaged in church activities in cases where you have class and it clashes with church service, cases where you have group studies and it clashes with church service, cases where you have exams approaching and you have a long program in church? How do you advise such students? Thank you. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Now, please listen to this. Listen to this. You see, God will never allow us to also, you know, shortchange our life. And we also not shortchange us. He will help us to align well. Now, let me share this. Perhaps that will also help you in addressing this question now many years ago when we were on campus we know we grew up with the campus fellowships very well and that's where i got my <laughs> spirituality was really fired and all of that now we had this set of brethren and brothers the jim jim you want to hear the jim jim in fact those ones they are operating as papas Papas on campus. They will not go to classes. Yes. If I will be praying, oh, I was just wondering. I said, hey, well, <laughs> you came purposely to study. That should not, you should not now be misusing that. And they fail woefully. Let's not tempt God. You are not attending classes and you want to pass. Is that how you pass? No, but the truth is, is it all the time you attend classes? No, classes are scheduled. Classes, that's why you are also not, like I usually advise my students, don't, if you belong to prayer force, you better face prayer force. Don't belong to multiple service units. You are in choir, you are in hospitality, you are in uh, crowd control, you are in everywhere. Okay, now they will have meetings at different times. So, how do you want to meet up? If it is one, be faithful in that one. That becomes a stepping stone for your transformation. If you have capacity for two, you also schedule your time. If you have capacity for two or more within your time, please be faithful. Don't claim to join any unit without also being committed. Don't be a member by paper, by attendance. But be an active member of the fellowship. Be an active member. Be an active member. If it is one, be faithful to that one. 
and do it. It is the quality. God is looking at your heart. But don't also claim that uh, we are doing grill study and yet it's a lie because you want to be absent and you are giving that excuse. That's also not right. That's also not right. I was a member of those services and I got my healing. Let me share this testimony with you. Now, I was born with blood. How many of you know this blood gushing out from somebody's nose? You know, it's not cattle. I'm talking of blood. Only blood. <laughs> now, there was no hospital my parents did not take me to. There was no way we have gone to both local, modern, and yet it don't go. In fact, if I'm walking like this, in fact, I'm walking, I'll be, I'll raise my head like this. Otherwise, because the thing can just drop. And it is very seasonal. It comes in that. But when I got to the campus and I joined the service unit, my, it was after six months later. I said, this thing that normally come, I don't even see it again. That was how it went. Wow. That was how it went and went forever because of my engagement in the house of God. So you must not detach yourself from the house of God all in the name of reading. If you are reading and you are asking God to help you, so where will that help come? So your service is a connecting rod that helps to remind God of your labor and that will also color your effort and cover your errors. Now, I'll end with this, Pastor. Just, I think I just got to remember this now. To let you know that we have, Covenant University has a platform to engage, to give scholarship to international students who are Ghanaian origins or from African origins also, where it's going to be tuition free for everyone who want to come for postgraduate studies. I get what I'm saying? So it's good I mention it here so that you can, it's tuition free for everyone. And it has, depending on your grade, depending on your grade, if you have, for instance, um, a 4.5 and above, I think it will be 100% tuition free. So, but you'll be responsible for other, you know, your upkeep when you are there. Then, if you have 75, I think for four point and up to, 4.4 there about i can't remember that here there's also 75 percent but the minimum is 50 percent tuition free so i need to also mention that they also have scholarship that would is funded by the world bank project that we are running that also will help a number of us who might be here that one you can get everything including your flight tickets and you're also going to be placed on stipend when you're also there that one is also available. So what I do, I'm going to do, is to send the link to our pastor who will also transmit that to everyone who will be interested. Wow. Thank you so much. God bless you. Clap your hands. Clap your hands. This is too much. Stand on your feet. Let's give Prof a standing ovation. Uh, so when the link comes, we'll send it to SBS and then those of you who want to connect, they show you the school on the screen. Very powerful, very well-disciplined place. So, God bless you for coming. Everybody that came, pastors from different places and people from different schools, 
I believe out of this lecture, you are going to get a mighty testimony in the near future. Amen and amen. Okay. Clap your hands against for Prof. Paul. Standing here for almost two and a half hours. Speaking about his life. Speaking to them. I've even gotten a different perspective about university education. I didn't even know university means universal. I thought it's just a name. Powerful. So, I've learned a lot, a lot, a lot. And it's been very, very, very powerful. And I believe that most of you, by the time it comes again, you'll be having your PhD or your master's, whatever. Amen. Take an offering if you have one. Lift your hands and let's begin to thank the Lord. Lift your hands and thank Him. Lift your hands and thank the Lord. Father, we thank you. We bless you this evening. Thank you for a refreshing evening. Let this encounter change our lives and move us forward. We honor you. We thank you. In Jesus' name, we pray with thanksgiving and let everybody say amen. amen. Congratulate two or three people and tell them very soon we'll hear your entrepreneurial testimony. You are here tonight. You are not born again. You are not sure that if you die, you make it to heaven. Wherever you are, I want to pray with you. Prayer of salvation. Jesus is coming soon. Every Bible prophecy has come to pass. What are you waiting for? Jesus is coming. You are here tonight. You are not sure if you die, you make it to heaven. Please stand on your feet quickly. Quickly. Even the way you jump up is important because Jesus can come before I finish the service. You are not born again. You want to say, Pastor, maybe you used to also go to church. You have stopped going. You need to renew your commitment. If you have lifted your hands, come to me at the altar. Come to me, no shyness. Come to me at the altar, no shyness. Run to the altar, run. Ushers, help them quickly. Run to the altar. You are not born again. You are not sure if Jesus come tonight, you make it to heaven. Yes, run. Run to the altar quickly. Quickly. Quickly, 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 quickly. Quickly, quickly, quickly. 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 Quickly, quickly. Ushers, help, 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 help. Quickly, quickly, quickly. Some time ago, you used to go to church. Something happened, you stop. Whether this church or some church somewhere. You always need Jesus in your life. No matter the offenses. No matter the offense. And every offense that can let you leave the church, the devil is behind it. The devil is behind it. Yes. Young men, lift up your hands. Happy to see you. Open your mouth and say, Jesus, Jesus, come into my life. Come into my life. I, receive you I receive you as my Lord, as my Lord and personal Savior. Personal Savior. Father, Father, today, today wash, away wash away my sins, my sins with your precious blood. Precious blood. Father, Father, write my name, write my name in, the book of life. in the book of life. I'm born again, I'm today, born again today in the mighty name, in the of, name Jesus. of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message. We believe your needs were met and every word kept you in closer fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Want more? Find us on Facebook by searching Holy Hill Chapel AG or Reverend Kodjo Boatendempa. Or you can join our Supernatural Generation family. You can also subscribe on YouTube by searching Kodjo Boatendempa for our video messages to further boost your faith. We look forward to hearing your testimony through any of our social media handles on Facebook, Instagram or Twitter.